don't want to be standing by. I'm not sure standing by, but I don't know if I'll do it. I did one before, and it kind of I was on the verge of like I think I might have hiccups. I might have hiccups. Oh yeah, that hasn't hasn't done that to me in a minute. It hasn't ever done it to me ever. It usually it has to be a six to do that. Hello, check, 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 check. Hello, am I but too loud? But I was like starting to. Yo. You were like talking to me. And I'm like, all right, I'm just trying not to fucking. You're like succumb I, right now. Like I hear you and everything, but I'm just trying not to succumb. Yeah, can you just like <laughs> join me in this ride because <laughs> your intensity is like <laughs> oh my god out of harmony with where I'm at right now. Ay ay ay. How you doing, Cass? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Sean? Pretty good. Very a podcast back up here in Maine. Look at me running all over the place. I know. I'm sorry. Getting the content that the people deserve. Yeah, but you had to go to New York, and it sounds like you had a great time. Yeah, I had to visit our sweet angel, Mare. I know, I'm jealous, but... She has this doggy, so it prevents us from, like, just kind of, you know, seeing each other. Like, her just running up here and back and forth. It's good, it's good, because we have to be a little bit more, like... Intentional? Intentional about the time we spend together. And uh, without me having to do anything, she put together a fucking incredible weekend. I know. I had to do nothing. It felt like hanging out with you, you know? She... Got us tickets to a concert and arranged for all of our friends to get get to get together and made a bunch of food and ordered food when we didn't have it and it was just really sweet. Sounds incredible. And um, how were the shows? Great. We are obsessed with this band, Wilson Springs Hotel. Well, our friend Victor is in there. Well, they're all of our friends now. Now we're friends with the whole band. Um, by virtue, I'm friends with them too. Yeah, you're definitely friends with them. They love you. Well, I mean, oh my God. The first night we saw them and uh, we took some mushrooms and it was good. Like everybody was fucking vibing out. We were rolling deep. There was like a group of 10 of us went into the show and they fucking rocked the house. They played like more of a rock and roll set. And because uh, they have they have the bluegrass thing in their back pocket, too. So you never know what you're going to get. Cool. And they did a truly rock and roll show. And then afterwards, I like I went up to the singer and I was like, oh, man, huge fan. That was fucking incredible. And he was like, are you, are you Sean? And I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, I know you. And I was like, cause well, what happened is I went to introduce myself. I go, Hey man, what's your name? He's like Jake. And I'm like, Hey, and I, I give him a fist bump. I'm like, I'm like Sean and this is Cass. And it was mayor. And I was like, Oh, like, and I start like trying to think about this long explanation. He's like, he's like, Oh, I listen to your podcast. I already know. I was like, Oh man, anyone else I would have had to sit here fucking explaining and just feeling like a dick but instead it was just like kind of a funny moment like yeah I don't, you're my phantom limb that's for fucking sure even i was watching tv at my parents house trying to fucking stay caught up on this show what you and you start talking out loud to me yeah well i'm like laying there and i feel like like literally i feel you right behind me and i keep doing these like just like look over my shoulder because like there's these crazy moments in this show and i keep like looking back at you and there's no one there just pathetic that's funny I, what i realized when you went to new york um i was like you realize you love me for well, the first time I, sometimes i forget no i'm just kidding <laughs> but um no i get like i was homesick like mm. my, that was the way i could think of the sensation best was homesickness and so it just makes me feel like oh like that's home you're home so i got homesick yeah yeah we don't really have a home so and I, I thought there was going to be a level of homesickness with us not being in our apartment anymore, but I think it would probably be more us not being together anymore would be the, the true, you know. Yeah, home is like a state of mind, not necessarily like a physical four walls, you know. Mm -hmm. It takes a heart to make a home, you know, all yeah. those little cute sayings or whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever they tell you in the suburbs. Yeah, but some summer script. in the city is like so nice, so I'm so glad you guys lived it up. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I mean... That's if 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 I have a home city, it's New York City. Well, yeah. It's like that's my spot. That's where I feel fucking great. That's where I feel on top of the world. That's where I feel like small and like I can blend in. You know, there's there's a lot. There's a lot it 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 offers a guy like me a lot, <laughs> and I really take a lot from it. But uh, Wilson Springs Hotel, holy smokes, check this band out. Yeah, you're probably not gonna be able to see them at venues that intimate. Yes, exactly. This is one of those situations where it's like buy low, buy low, buy, get in on this band now before they're like the next Billy Strings out there fucking playing amphitheaters and stuff. Because my guess is that they're like in the three, within three years, they're going to be playing 
gigantic venues to lots of people and selling lots of records and stuff. The incredible thing about Billy Strings is he so seems to be paving the way for like this genre of music, you know, where people yeah. want to see more of it. And also just kind of this territory and realizing like, oh, you can really go jam out and get your face melted by like what seems like country folk music, but they can yeah. take you deep, 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 deep. Oh, totally. Yeah, Billy Strings is, it's one of those, it's like the right time and the right place. Like, you know, there's these, these voids present themselves. And like, there's a, there's a long tradition of, uh, you know, these jam bands that basically started when the Grateful Dead were at the tail end of their thing. And a lot of those bands are still around. And like, the next one gets anointed, whether it's uh, the String Cheese Incident or, you know, Fish or Widespread Panic or whatever. And like, Billy Strings is just like another in a long line of those guys that can go and sell out multiple nights at like 25,000 person amphitheaters. This guy was playing two to 200 people like two and a half, three years ago. Mm -hmm. And now he's playing like the biggest venues in the country, sold out multiple nights in a row. And uh, the it's like the audience was ready for it. And there he was. And it's crazy because there's no drummer. It's just a classic five-piece bluegrass band. And they fucking rip. And they rip, they rip much harder than uh, their records would ever indicate. So I would suggest you have to see it live or check it out on YouTube. I mean, if I'm paying to go to a show, I really just want to like be taken to another dimension. And yeah. so I'm all about bands that'll take you there. And I have a lot of space for it. And sometimes I go to like some of my favorite bands. Like we saw the Meat Puppets and I was like, awesome show. But they waited till like three quarters of the way through to melt my face off. And I was like, I need it from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, but they were, I think next time you see them, you'll appreciate it a little bit more. I know. They're kind of, they're slipping between two things. And then by the end of the show, they merge those two things. I know. It, I should appreciate a build up a bit more. but Yeah, yeah. But like at Jeff the Brotherhood, like you go there and they're like starting it off. I mean, at some of the shows we've seen, yeah. they're like, we're like, they're basically like, you're here to get... They put you in the hypnotic zone right away. Yeah. They really do. Like, they'll sit there and play the same riff for 20 minutes until everyone is thoroughly fucking frustrated and built up and ready for something different or leave the show or whatever. Just separate it out. Oh, yeah. When that that show we went to, it was, like, so like this and they just like played one note for like 15 minutes and by the time that was over it was like oh i could like relax and then it was like like, oh thank god (laughs) yeah weed out the fucking posers yeah that's what it is that's what it is (laughs) totally yeah jeff the brotherhood they're such purists that uh they barely even put out music anymore (laughs) but you never know maybe we'll cross our fingers and hopefully get a new a new record from them at some point yeah, there's a there's a whole way that like a band can do an induction ceremony, you know, really land people in the moment and mm-hmm. in that space and I think that's so uh, valuable and important to do. Mm. If I was a band, I would try to do that. Yeah. I, I feel like <laughs> I kind of get to somewhat be in a band cuz Mare is a band. Yeah. You know, so I get to make suggestions that could be taken seriously. Yeah. It's very exciting. Yeah, just now I was talking to her and I was like, she's she's always looking for like more covers to practice and try because she's doing these live streams. And uh, I was like, you got to do May the Circle Remain Unbroken for mm. the 13th Floor Elevators. That's good. And she wasn't familiar with that song. So I'm like, oh, wait till you hear it. Wait till you hear it. It's just such, and, and I said, you got to envision it as uh, the opening song to a show. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like the droney hypnotic introduction to a show. I like a good classic closing song too, like Johnny uh, Fritz. For a while, he was doing probably when his Johnny Corndog was doing um, silver silver panty liners. But it'd be like those silver panty liners. But then by the end of the song, it's like goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Yeah, you know. Yeah, the the Grateful Dead have. uh, We bid you good night. Good night. Good night. Yeah, any musician needs a. Hello and a good night song. Yeah, I think that the closing song for like a mare slash ghost pipe thing would be uh, that Pete Seeger song, Passing Through. I think that's a really good one. Like, it's like, um, when I mean closing, I mean like we've already done two encores and there's like (laughs) most of the people have left, but there's some people who are like, I'm still in the realm and I need a little more. You just come out and you give them Passing Through, which Leonard Cohen does fucking legendary version of. 
so you know i yeah, i got tons of them i got tons of hits i, mean, I don't know have how to, to play come, them you have to come up with a closing song for every church or chill so yeah I mean, not only that you have to come up with you have to come up with the opening the closing the tent pole song that's like holding the whole thing up in the middle and how you get to those places it's the same thing as putting a movie together it literally is the exact same thing for me as putting our sitting in the edit with our movies yeah you probably i bet you build an episode around the last song you're like oh this is a good last song and then you kind of go from there sometimes right the latest episode is that i had this built to pill built to spill song called when not being stupid is not enough and it's this 10 minute just fucking 90s banger and i was like this is a closing song for one of my episodes so the whole episode just became 90s alternative music just to get it to that place. I probably could have strayed a lot more, but I, I never gave myself permission to just do an all 90s alternative episode. I haven't and heard that now one, yet. one exists. It's called Back to School. It's on our Patreon, patreon.com slash church of chill. Cool. But yeah, I fucking had the worst, worst fucking nightmare the other night. I got fucking spooked. We're watching the show Ozark. Or we finished watching it finally. Four seasons. How many episodes? 44 episodes. So we watched like over 44 hours. And like kind of, you see people go from like, like the youngest kid was like 12 when he started. So he's like, you know, 18 by the time the show is over or something yeah, like that. Yeah, even though the show only takes place in the course of like a year. You you know, yeah. you, you watch the, you, you watch the kids that they cast as like 13 year olds to begin with become like men. It's, yeah. it's kind of crazy. It is kind of funny. But, uh, you know. I recommend the show if you need like a show to watch or something. Like we needed a show to watch when when we're up here in Maine. It's, it's things slow down for us. Yeah, it's very good to have in your back pocket something to do starting at like eight o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. So for the past three weeks, it's been this show, and I, the the way I'm positioned, like the TV. It's, your mom has this huge TV, and I'm sitting so close to it. So I like, I'm in these people's lives. And this show is fucked up. It's about the drug cartel and like humanity isn't valued. You know, compassion really isn't a thing. Everyone is so like snappy Ethics or morality. and mean to each other, mm -hmm. you know, like anyone will kill anyone. So it's like one of those types of shows. And I appreciate the writing and the acting and the like the trimming of the fat. It's like it's like Breaking Bad without like all the like nuances and, and just tedious understanding of everything and being led astray and then this and that, you know, it's, uh, it's it, very direct. They like very had direct. a plan and they accomplished yes, it. Yes, exactly. Here's what this show is about. Let's not fucking get a bunch of other bullshit in there, but fucking it affects my dreams. And I talked about this in, in a podcast I did with Mara, like how you, in the past, the only thing that's ever done that to me is like playing too much Tetris. Have you really? Ever yeah, have you ever had that? I, I mean, I've you, played a lot of Tetris, but I've never had You've Tetris never had games. it like where you're like laying down to go to sleep and you're still organizing these fucking things and you wake up and you're still organizing these little fucking blocks into place? No. It's crazy. I've had it before. But this show has given me that because like all my dreams are them. They're the characters. I'm having that. Even last night, I didn't have bad dreams, but they were the characters. Yeah, I'm, I'm like solving their problems and shit. <clears throat> Next thing you know fucking thank god it happened just right before we watched the last two episodes the night before we watched the last two episodes i had the worst fucking nightmare ever about uh killing a friend of mine that I, uh, from college that i really haven't even seen since college but in the dream i killed him i don't remember killing him and that really wasn't as much of a part of the dream as much as like the dream cuts to like a week after i killed this guy and it's starting to become clear like no one's just going to let this pass by without investigation. Like he has a wife and two kids, you know, my sister knows I did this. My dad knows I did this. And in the dream, I'm, f I'm furious because I'm like, my dad is going to be the reason I end up getting caught for this thing. I mean, the whole thing made me feel like the feeling in the dream was like, I want to kill myself. Like, because I've, I'm so racked with guilt. Like this is the, I, I can't live with this feeling. I can't go through life knowing I, I took someone's life and just the shame and trying to hide it and this and that. But in, even in the dream, my sister was pretty ride or die. I think like she would be in real life. Mm -hmm. I think I could tell my sister like, yo, I fucked up. I killed someone. I had to <laughs> bury them or whatever. And she'd be like, keep that between us my dad on the other hand would say all of that stuff but then tell the first guy that was he was pumping gas next to like you know my son actually killed someone <laughs> you know <laughs> 
So I just had this dream. It was just like not even intense. I was just living my life in the dream knowing I had fucking killed somebody. Mm. And in the dream, I know you've dealt with this because I think everyone has, where I keep saying to myself, I wish this was a dream. Have mm-hmm. you ever had that? Mm-hmm. Like this is so bad. Please just, I, 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 I know what a dream is and I know this isn't one, but I wish it was a fucking dream. And yeah. it was. Yeah. Holy shit. Thank God. Because <sighs> um, I don't want to have to clean up your mess or whatever I either. I bother you with um, that. But I've, they say like, look at your hands. And if you look at your hands, you should be able to wake up like in a dream because they like your fingers look wavy or whatever. Yeah. And I've used that technique and I don't wake, I like don't realize until the next day and my nail polish is different. I was like, I fucking did the technique in my dream to try to get out of my dream or to have a lucid dream. And it, it's uh yeah. Well, the same thing with like, um, turning on or off light switches, same. It's supposed to be the same thing. It's like a way of activating, uh, the lucid part of your dreams. But I don't know. I don't think that there's a rule of thumb for, for any of this stuff. I think, People can offer tips and tricks and even dream interpretation. Doesn't it seem like fucking like how could anyone interpret your dreams but you? You know? Totally. To to be like, oh. uh, But I think when someone helps you interpret your dreams, like what Shanti was like his technique or the technique that he works with is like you really just ask questions and then mm -hmm. you can ask someone to like talk about their dream and you ask you kind of ask them like probing questions and as they kind of like share more then you can kind of a third party or a second party i guess can um make note of like hey you keep saying this word or that's true you know. yeah so you're like a guide in in dream interpretation as mm-hmm. opposed to like like oh this is what that means it's like oh do you think you keep saying that it you know is making you feel confined or there are other places in your life that you're feeling confined right now yeah. or something like yeah yeah I really, I really appreciate that stuff because that, that really helps. I think what I'm saying is like, uh, you know, there's dream dictionaries and stuff like that, but like, it's so subjective. Like I, I, I just would have a hard time wrapping my head around how somebody would pull down the objective dream reality and here's what things mean. And here, if you're dreaming of this, it's clearly this, like, I don't know. I think that's kind of what they're there for. It's like the ultimate mystery for you to uncode. Well, I think, and also when life was maybe the universe was like smaller and more controlled where there were, you know, seven channels or whatever, yeah. you, more people had the same references. So it might be easier mm. to be like, oh, this means this, or like a lot of stuff with the Bible, you know, but now that everyone's yeah. reality tunnel is so different because we're all consuming such different, um, information and media, it's like, there's no locking that down, mm. but I'm very interested in playing around with the subconscious. I've been doing some hypnotism, being hypnotized. Yeah, do you want to talk about that? Sure, it's been awesome. It's been very powerful. What prompted all this? I don't know. I'm not sure exactly. Just kind of like, I think <laughs> Mare would say it's like a, a mercurial season or something like that. Gemini and Mercury, where it's like we're kind of ADD and want to like learn new things. Like this is a time of like wanting to learn things. And hypnotism is something I've always believed in the power of the science of it and been curious about how it feels like public speaking like it's a skill a life skill that i'm like everyone should have that life skill you know or i would like to have that life skill i'm still not a good public speaker but it's something like oh i used to think in high school like or in college like oh i should take a public speaking class like i should know how to do that meanwhile like anytime i'm up in front of people i like die in fear but so i have kind of let that one go um the this mountain's is public, too high to This climb. is public speaking. Uh, I of. shouldn't remind you. No, I know, right? <laughs> um, but I feel like hypnotism, when I started to unpack that it wasn't just like getting someone to like cluck like a duck on a stage. Mm. and <laughs> <laughs> There is that aspect of it. There is that aspect of it. But, you know, our f- good friend Devin, um, he taught me about hypnotism and I went to some of his like workshops and stuff and kind of just unpacking like, oh, Hypnotism is like a consensual activity. Like it's a way to, in using words and guiding um, articulation to induce a trance-like state, which is like almost even beyond a flow state. I guess it's a flow state, but then it's like a deep state of relaxation and trance. Um, And that when you kind of override that conscious mind, you can kind of interact more with your subconscious mind. Mm. And I feel like your subconscious, because our conscious mind only can handle holding like seven ideas or thoughts or energies at once. 
the subconscious mind is holding like everything for you. Mm. And so if you kind of like break through that barrier, you can then find out more about yourself or like what I've been doing with Devin is kind of like in the session I did with him yesterday, kind of like unpacking where my resistance comes from. And we were able to, he was able to drop me into a trance like, like state, but then engage with me. So I was able to talk to him while I'm in this state and he'll be like, you're in a very relaxed state or relaxed place or we're very comfortable. Like, and he's like, describe where you are. You know, it might be a garden, it might be this or whatever. And so I'm able to like describe to him where, what I see. Mm. And then we can kind of like unpack what it all means or kind of, and also he like working with like, I, you know, in the first session I was like, I get so overwhelmed when I'm like trying to park, you know, like yeah. we talked about this. This yeah. is something we had just talked about <laughs> and we unpacked that like, obviously, and we did this in not even the trans part, but like kind of the induction pre part mm. where he kind of understands where my priorities are. So he can then use my language back at me, you know, to kind of help me go deeper and help me shift the energy I want to shift. But ultimately with that, it's like, I don't have an issue parking when I'm alone. It's like the stress of the feeling audience. like I, yeah, that I could make a ma- make a mistake or someone else could judge the way I park or, you know, that sort of thing. So once I, he kind of just was like, got me to step into my own power there. I feel like, I don't know. I don't think like hypnotism is like this, like quick instant fix for everything. But I think there are some things in your life that if you unpack and understand from a subconscious level, you can kind of not have those issues anymore yeah i'm shining the light of awareness on anything seems to make it less scary and you know the subconscious is what's controlling everything exactly so Uh, why uh, wouldn't you want to know who's driving the car yeah exactly you know and so like i've had a lot of um you know like in our life and working working from home and being in charge of my own schedule there's days that i'm like very resistant to you know doing the work yeah of course yeah it's fine but i was able to just i'm not saying it's an instant fix and i'm gonna be productive every day but like understand kind of the subconscious motivations that lead me to be resistant to showing up for something and where those fears come from and why like i ended up in a bubble and i was like in this bubble and this is the bubble that i feel safe and so understanding that like talking to my higher self like this woman who was like me but dressed in like half black half white like hillary clinton future stuff no like no like uh she kind of had horns and she was like like, chelsea clinton no (laughs) i'm fucking with you (laughs) kind of like um angelina jolie what is that in um i know exactly what you're talking about I don't think I've seen what you're it, talking about. I but haven't I seen it either, but Magnificent. It, Maleficent. Ma- Maleficent. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. But like yeah. in a half, like black on this side, white on this side kind yeah. of gown or just outfit. Like future a, woman. Future woman. Yeah. Wow. And she's just like, you're like limiting yourself by like playing it safe, by like prioritizing your comfort. Anyway. So she tells you stuff I tell you, but you No, but you got to hear it for you from yourself. You got to <laughs> do it with your subconscious. No, okay. I swear. <laughs> anyway, I was... I was crying like it really it really is I don't know I'm, I mean I've done two sessions but I see how you know this programming runs the show and why not if you can talk to that part of yourself and understand it better and send messages to that part of yourself why <laughs> why not try to do that and see what happens yeah and use it as a as a portal for forgiveness you know because the person that um got all those habits going i mean you were doing it to get to this place you know you mm-hmm. needed to do that stuff you know it was it was in uh, it was it was for the for your best self i don't know if this is making sense but like you have to forgive the person who didn't know how to park three days ago yeah you know what i mean and 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 just <laughs> realize like Oh, I wasn't acknowledging the things that were blocking that person from from doing it. Now I'm acknowledging those things. So of course that is, it's not even going to be an issue. I was dealing with a different person. We pulled into Home Depot yesterday, and I thought I was like, oh, here we go, because he started pulling, you know, like uh, yeah, I ended up in like a dead end. Yeah, but like Cass. uh, 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 That's all I said. I was just like Cass, and you were like, no, 
I'm, I'm, I'm not a bad Parker anymore. I'm already past that. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. I'm like, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll buy into that. Yeah. You just pulled down the wrong thing. It's a weird I was area. Like, why? Most parking lots don't have dead ends like this. Yeah. yeah. So you, but, but the, the language you used was, um, I was dealing with a different person because you had more confidence. Yeah. And I realized that it was my confidence, you know, yeah. that needed to kind of come online. And and the self-limiting language just, uh, it's so pervasive in all of our lives. You know? Well, while I'm doing these sessions, not at the exact same time, but in conjunction with doing these like hypnosis sessions, I'm reading hypnosis books. Like what are the magic words? What are the magic pow- patternings? And kind of understanding that how our subconscious mind works. Like, you know, but is a very very powerful magic word because when you use but in a sentence every your subconscious mind or your mind will negate everything that came before it Mm, i'm definitely guilty of that everybody probably is but my but i am too yeah so it's it's but you also said because no because is a magic word um and imagine there's all these different words that why and is just because you're just building out and rendering out a little bit more when you say and um I think the mind really likes justifications. So you can say, like they gave one example in this book of like, they did this test of where they were at a university. This is back in the day, I guess, when people were making a lot of photocopies. When a university could be a university. When, you know, when everyone had to make photo, there were long lines of photocopies and it was, it was about cutting people in line and seeing how on average, how often people would let someone cut and when fucking awesome yeah and so they had this you know they did this like hundreds of times but the first time they were going up and saying hey can i come and get in front of you i need to make um can i get in front of you whatever just like basically saying my wife and i are going on our five-year wedding anniversary and but (laughs) no and so then they when you just did it there was a certain amount that was like that was the this is the baseline is like can I cut in front of you or whatever? Mm. When they said, can I cut in front of you because I'm running late? It went up, Mm -hmm. but it went up almost exactly the same amount when someone was like, can I cut in front of you because I need to make photocopies? So the because was like ridiculous. It wasn't a real justification. (laughs) It was just, just, it's one of, it's just one of those. Just like, Hey, I'm offering the mind likes justifications. It likes understanding. There's a reason that you need to cut in front of me. And if you give me a reason, even if it's a non reason, Mm. wow. the fact that you gave a reason is just as powerful. Damn. I wish somebody fucking could have told me that in first grade. I think (laughs) elementary, middle school, you would have just mind tripping everyone. No, I think, I didn't know what we were doing and I, and it was like in order to unlock learning Mm -hmm. or there's no learning. There's just remembering in order to remember and learn how to read and math and all this stuff. I just needed someone to tell me why we were doing it. Mm -hmm. And I guess now that I think about it, no one really has any good reason. You know, there's really not a good reason, but if somebody would have done that, I I think it would have hypnotize me into like oh there's purpose behind this Mm -hmm. but especially with math and some of the stuff you get into like what is this like why are we messing around with numbers and all this shit like what the fuck is this it was a waste of time because i can't i was i was like top of my class pre-calc i don't remember any of it not a thing damn it's a i'm really good at following the rules so i did really Mm. well in math because once you did gave me the rules i'm like all right i can ace this yeah you're really good at like uh once you have a bubble or a box yeah, to right. work within. You're really good at, at decorating and understanding it. Yeah. So is there um, is there anything that made the numbers go way up? The same because. That's really it? And it was like a little less, like a, a minuscule amount less when it was just like because I need to make copies. But it wasn't yeah. significant. It was significantly enough the same that it just kind of... Uh, reinforce the power of giving a reason even if the reason's like a non-reason wow that's pretty cool yeah wow you gotta you're gonna have to report all this this little i love that kind of stuff yeah i just like practical ways of getting better at life i guess Mm -hmm. and like being i'm not saying i want to trick people by saying because and not having a real justification but i do like in business and in life like understanding how we can work with each other like 
how we can help each other go deeper, or how we mm. can help each other hit levels of trance. Because when Devin has hypnotized me, I hit a level of trance that is like deeper than most of my meditations pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah. yeah. I, I get I, to a very like safe state of comfort. And I think it's because I'm guided because like the yeah. mind doesn't have to do, not that I'm like working when I'm meditating, but I'm trying to do a mantra or whatever it You're is. letting go and he's just ushering you. Yeah. Into... He just takes the wheel. Yeah. And it really helps for like a personality like yours too, because I, I feel like uh, you have an interesting relationship with like permissions. You know, mm-hmm. so Devin just gives you permission to go further than you could even give yourself in a meditation. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And uh, yeah, I think that's, and I think what he's ultimately doing, or any hypnosis is doing, and, and you're hypnotizing yourself, is you're unlocking, I think, a part of you that gets a little diminished or or maybe outshined by me. And this, it's your storyteller. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a storyteller. You know, I did tell Devin, I was like, I would need to stop playing it small. Like, obviously, I use a lot of the stuff you tell me. I'm to like, go stop shrinking. And I'm like, Devin, you need to help me stop shrinking. <laughs> I gotta stop playing it small. Literally. Wow. I'm like, Devin, you need to help me step into being a woman. You yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, and that's all it is, is just like you in control of the narrative again. And you allow, and Devin giving you permission to allow your your storyteller to come out, to just tell a better story about your life. You're not all those things that happened before. You're not all those botched parking jobs. You're this person right now. And if you're telling yourself, like, I'm not that, I'm not that anymore, that's what you'll see. And understanding that the reason I was that was because I was allowing my perception of you giving me a hard time about doing a bad parking job was stressing me out. That I'm like, I don't care if he gives, I just have to be able to sit mm-hmm. with the discomfort of Sean not liking the spot that I picked. But it's, I'd rather live in a life where Sean doesn't like the spot than me being in a parking lot being like, <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. But Plus I, also, I but like, it's funny because you're having an argument with yourself in your head and you're calling one of the characters me. Even though, like, I'm just sitting there like, hey, why don't you just pick one of these spots? Like, I don't care where we park. Why are we wandering around in this place? You know? Yeah. Well, and so I went and did um, a past life regression on YouTube. I found a hypnosis past life regression. Ooh, that's cool. We should link to that in the Discord. People would go crazy for that. Sure. Um, And ultimately, I did this experience. And I danced with my subconscious. And I personally don't believe that I, I believe that we, my personal beliefs is that we have been everyone, are everyone, and you might have stronger links in this lifetime to past lives. I don't think that when I did this sub um, subconscious imagination into like a past life regression, that I was actually interacting. It was more to me, it had to do with what I needed to experience and hear. And so you're having a conversation with your subconscious and allowing it to be playful in its imagination. Mm. And I've since unpacked I was this guy in like, I don't know, what what are the days where you would have like black uh, leather shoes with like buckles on top, like a big gold like, buckle. Like an old Dutch boy, like a Dutch master? Yeah, it was kind of like that. <laughs> and I was like wandering in these like green hills and with, and then I came home to my wife who was like in this floral dress and I realized like I was a poet or an artist but I like came home with like not that much, but I still had to like go let my mind wander. And it was like very interesting because the way I ultimately my conscious mind has unpacked it is like I kind of stepped into what I needed to kind of unpack and feel from the inside out was like what it kind of feels like to be you. Mm, yeah. You know, like being this artist who needs this space and then like coming home and like how does that feel and like coming home with not having like that much not that you come back with like not tangible that, yeah like yeah. <laughs> like yeah. i had some papers but i was just like yeah. you know i don't even have papers <laughs> i wish i had papers i had papers but not much was written on them yeah yeah anyway i encourage people to explore this space i encourage people to do a hypnosis session with Devin. i have done other hypnosis i just think anything that can help take you deeper is worth exploring mm-hmm. anything that where you can help have a conversation with a side of you that's like not so ego focused, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember uh, when Devin hypnotized us into thinking that there was like a, a, a glass of water was Molly? Yeah. That was great. He really, he really got you especially. Yeah. That's when, that's when he won me over. I was like, maybe this, this hypnosis stuff might be, uh, might be real. 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because he did it for someone else. He he hypnotized someone in our group to say, like, every time you drink this glass of water, you're going to feel like the effects of MDMA. Like, it's just this water is now infused with MDMA and, and will make you feel more love and connected. And you kept sneaking sips of her water. You just... <laughs> I kept seeing you out of the corner of my eye being like... <laughs> yeah, I was just getting doing a little micro hypnosis, you know. Why not? Yeah. We're 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 hypnotizing each other all the time, you know. It's so why not know how to do it like know how like because like life is hypnosis and because we're hypnotizing each other with our words, we I feel like if you know how to do it, you can do it with more positive intentions potentially. Yeah, I mean it's 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 the the wind in our filmmaking sails is, mm-hmm. you know, we're we're trying to hypnotize people into seeing uh, the world the the way we do, which is like a lot more magical and connected. And uh, sorry, I got really embarrassed because I thought that was me. So I'm really no, glad that was no, you. No, <laughs> mine. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I didn't, I didn't, did I? Oh no. <laughs> yeah, it's um. Yeah, I don't know. I've talked about our filmmaking a lot, but that's basically what we're doing. We're just we're uh, we've trained ourselves to see the world in a certain way, and our realities and the things that have happened to us have made us see the world in a certain way, and our relationship really has. So it's like this very specific prescription that I feel like I can I can really show the world in films, in documentary films, and I just want to get better at it. So well, I think where hypnosis could help is that like it works really well with like exercise or something like that where it's where it like induces a state where you then can carry that state into your everyday life like imagine you took the you parked at the furthest uh parking spot so that you could get more steps in Mm. like imagine that you were always looking for opportunities to move your body you know like you know yeah yeah exactly that's a really good one and it's it's good. You, I mean, like, it doesn't hurt to to run these programs and see how it works. I think that people will find very quickly that, like, oh, you're the master of your reality. Yeah, so uh, why not try to master your reality? It, yeah, and sometimes it takes a little trickery. Sometimes it takes something that seems like a little spooky, like like hypnosis, you know, to allow your... My cock is gone. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it can be used for that kind of stuff too. You yeah, know? It, yeah, it can be. It can be used to terrify you. Sure. Yeah, I I don't know what good that would be, but you know, some people need to think that they have no penis and. Well, when it's for entertainment on Howard Stern. I yeah, mean, yeah. <laughs> it helps you keep being employed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> on exactly. A, one of the most popular radio shows ever to exist. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, though, Cass. I'm I'm very proud of you. I feel you. Uh, once again, stepping into a higher dimension. And it's cool because you're already pretty cool as a cucumber. Yeah, but I could be cooler. Like, I got, you know, like, I could grow. I still need a lot of growing up to do. So I think that's like we all grow up in different ways. And so it's you got to go towards what what rocks your boat, what interests you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's cool. Like, if you need to do battle with me in the subconscious and. Label. Well, I'm just saying, like, if you label certain parts of you as as me and my traits, like, that's fine. If it's easier for you to make sense of uh, the the playground. <laughs> oh, okay. You know what I mean, I think so. Yeah. I mean, you definitely are like the way I'm a phantom limb for you. Like, you're definitely like a very huge character in mm-hmm. my life and story, and also like who I'm doing battle with. But I feel like the biggest improvement i've done in this life like the biggest step forward i've done is that i guess it was tara brock who really helped me get here but it was like don't believe these thoughts you know like whenever i go on this narrative about like sean's this sean's that i mean i'm not perfect but like i don't have this whole narrative anymore about who you are and like all these like like when we get into fights now it's not even like i there's frustration but i don't this, I'm not as tight to like a story or or if we're in a fight like my ego doesn't as much try to like I still defend myself and with you and I'm trying to explain this well but 
I used to like really, really get into the story or like fighting with a version of you in my head mm. or something like that. And now I just like have come to this place where I don't value my thoughts as reality or truth, mm. which is kind of a funny, yeah, um, untethered place to be in some ways, but it ultimately tethers you to like a more expansive reality. Yeah. Because if you don't, if you're not so tied to a particular storyline, you can kind of allow what is to be and not go to like the safe space of like, well, they're a bitch and they're toxic and you know. Oh yeah. Which, which doesn't seem like a safe space, but it is. Oh yeah. Yeah. To label and compartmentalize and tuck things away and you know. Yeah. And just start telling all the stories of like, oh, well he's wrong because X, Y, Z and this is why I'm good because he's bad. Yeah. You're setting a demon loose in your life. You're you're birthing and setting loose a fucking demon. Well, and it's not the truth because it's like just my ego is screaming for something, some story to make me feel better. And once I realize that those stories are so inherently kind of toxic, I've kind of just like enjoyed just like, okay, like not feeling like, oh, my, fir- my first instinct anymore is more to let things be than to like try to tell the story of what things are because i don't trust my stories anymore yeah because my stories have led me astray so enough times that i'm like all right fuck these stories yeah well that that's a great place to come to it's like ultimate surrender and, and it's not even that the stories like you're saying are inherently toxic it's just that they're not true it's just a thought form that could very much become true yeah and if well, you indulge that thought exactly form. And then the thoughts become words and those words become actions and those actions start to crystallize into your destiny. And it's like, oh, damn, I fucking cast a nasty spell on my life. And you think they're self-serving thoughts. But when you cast someone into the darkness by putting yourself in the light, you're not serving yourself because yourself is not just this self. Yourself is all the selves. Yeah. Yeah. So like when you cast someone into the darkness so that you can feel like you're in the light, you're, it's not, it's a delusion and it's not true light, you know, lightness is where we all kind of can exist in acceptance and love. And yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and I think the, the, the judging and the labeling and, and, and banishing and all that stuff, it's, it's like you're, you're creating the, the demons of your subconscious, you know, and it, that's the reason so many people think it's like a dark and mysterious place like oh you don't want to go into the shadow realm this and that but then like you take ayahuasca and you go there and you're like i created all this it's how scary could it be i create i did this i made up this fucking dark cast of characters that i banished to this place that i can only access through hypnosis or on ayahuasca or on dmt or like with mushrooms And now I have to face it. And those things help, like a hypnotist does, guide you through and show you, like, you don't have to be scared of all that shit. It's just, it's stuff that you made up to make this experience, the conscious experience, a little easier to handle. And that you don't need that safety net anymore. And you don't need that separation. There really is no separation. But by you bringing in that feeling of duality, you're going to experience it in your life. Yeah, I've kind of, like, danced with my shadow realm a little bit more like last time I did mushrooms I really felt like I was in the shadow realm in a way that I hadn't been before and I think you know you do a dance with mushrooms where they make you feel like more grounded and more lighter and more loving and accepting and I think I've had some experiences as of late where the shadow that I've had to go through is like kind of looking at some of the past demons where I haven't been there for my friends. I haven't been a good person. And for those reasons, like I could get trapped and like, I suck. I'm the worst or just like have compassion for everyone because I understand that I too am that demon in the dark, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I too am that person who doesn't show up. So why would I be upset if someone didn't show up for me, you know, or whatever it is? Yeah. Yeah. And the truth is they do show up, you know, and so do you. Even if it's with uh, ignorance and fucking rejection or whatever, that's like people choose to show. You're, you're showing up regardless. Mm, yeah. If, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was reading. <laughs> my mom and I are reading a book, and we're passing it back and forth and reading to each other. And the author's talking about how she's talking about how like someone was like, "My mom didn't love me," and she's like, "Look, your mom has love because love is like a river." but there was a boulder 
And it's not that you were unworthy of love or that it was that there was like a boulder preventing her love from reaching you. Mm. But it, the well of love just is and it exists within her. Just because there was that boulder doesn't mean there's not love there. It didn't reach you and you didn't feel it. But it's not because the love isn't there because we, we are the love, you know? Yeah. And so that's kind of like it was an interesting way for me to think about like love and 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 that's where like hate is love you know mm. and all this stuff it's like we are we are love it's all love but yeah, if you don't yeah. if you don't feel it it might be like a kink in that love but that doesn't mean the love's not there it definitely is and it expresses itself in uh like if you choose to look at it like this it just expresses itself in interesting ways i think that's what you're saying about being like less judgy even towards the quote-unquote bad things in life or whatever just kind of like just taking it for what it is. Yeah. Because there's a lot of things that can impede the flow of love that can put kinks in that flow. Like you've said, whether it's like trauma or fear or, you know, and it doesn't necessarily have to do with you. If someone isn't showing you love, it's their own inability to like allow that part of themselves to flow. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're just such inherently selfish beings that we can't help ourselves from telling that story. You know, I'm the best at that. Mm. you know like making it very personal mm-hmm. and but then at the same time recognizing for other people it's not personal like my dad not getting love from his mom it's like you got love it was just uh in a fucked up way and it was and it was showing you a level of neglect um that you're not comfortable with so you shouldn't neglect yourself on that level mm-hmm. makes perfect sense to me when it's happening to me um all over the fucking place yeah, it's a lot easier to see things from the outside. Yeah, yeah, but um, I I don't know. I th- I think even more like like we always talk about psychedelics and and how helpful they are and how they can show you things and very vividly. But you know what shows you things very vividly even more is just your waking regular sober reality. Mm-hmm. That just all the stuff getting thrown at us all the fucking time in this human experience. It's so revealing of where we're at where we need to go what works for us what doesn't work for us like much more revealing than like a a mushroom trip you know to me yeah is is how i react to like some fucking catastrophic business thing happening or uh you know finding out some terrible news about someone's health in your family or yourself like that type of stuff is much more psychedelic than psychedelics to me because with psychedelics, it's very intentional. It's like, I'm sitting down to take mushrooms, and I'm going to go a little crazy, but it's going to allow me entrance to my subconscious where I can untangle some things. Life, it, it, it just gets thrown at you, you know? Yeah, and you have to show up. You just have to show up, and you have to be it. in that moment mm-hmm. and and put all these tools to work. And, like, to me, that is, uh, like, like the the mushrooms and ayahuasca and the 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 running and all this stuff we do that's just like resilience training for for those real ass moments that life is just going to continue to hand you time after time after time especially as you get older and you realize oh that's the name of the game challenges that i agreed to before i even took form i agreed to a set of challenges that was going to evolve this soul and help God learn more about itself. Yeah. Um, and who am I to fucking try to avoid those things? Like, yeah. Who, who would I be? Yeah. Well, it's funny talking about like the dream world and psychedelics and kind of, I think where psychedelics can get you is where you realize like, oh, this, this is also a dream. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know? And that was fun in Ozark when right before one of the characters got killed. He's like, wait, wait, well, I know. Hold on. This is a dream. And then he's like, Poof. Yeah. <laughs> That was a trippy moment because it's true in a way. Yeah. That was probably the most peaceful way that someone was getting executed could go out is genuinely thinking, oh my God, this is a dream because to him, yeah, it is. He got blasted and then just got pulled into another life the the way I see it. Well, and if this is a dream. And he probably got pulled into the life of that guy that fucking blasted him and had to fucking live through that and then live through the moment of killing this guy and all the people that that guy killed and, right. you know, whatever. So, well, if this is a dream and we only kind of have the presence of this moment, it's like that's where your reactivity is like that is the psychedelic work is like mm-hmm. how are you going to react to life and loss and this sort of thing or that sort of thing and because it 
you only get this moment. Are you going to, are you going to spend your day upset because X, Y, Z happened or, you know, Mm. like, is it worth giving your moment away? Is it worth giving your power away? Is it worth derailing things from, uh, from creation to grieving? Yeah. Well, cause it's a, when, when you're grieving something, I'm, when you're grieving something that's maybe more in the material realm, not like a loss of a, a person, but maybe more the loss of the loss of your previous self, the more innocent, naive version of yourself. Yeah. I forget what I was going to say. Okay. Mm. Well, yeah. So when you like, you lose that, that I don't, I have no idea what I was going to say. It doesn't matter. Okay, I'm just going to hit this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Quite a ride. Yeah, I was I was reading um a Reddit thread that I didn't think was going to be this interesting and mystical, but um the Reddit thread was what's the craziest thing that's ever happened to you? And like the first six things were I can remember one, but they were just the the first six responses to this, the best, the top ranked responses were all in this vein, but this is the one that I remember. Uh, this girl's like, um, 28 years old and I was on a hike with my boyfriend in some random woods and, uh, we were just doing our thing and all of a sudden, like we started like seeing like papers flying all over the place. And, like, we were like, man, what the fuck? It's just random. We're out in the woods, and there's just, like, disheveled papers, like, blowing around or whatever, and they really couldn't figure out why. So eventually they just were, like, they just picked up a random piece of paper, and the girl looked at it, and it was a homework assignment that she had done in fourth grade. What? Yeah. Okay. That's it? Uh, Yeah. Basically, some fucking, some teacher 20 years previous must have thrown away a bunch of students' work, and it just worked its way through dumpsters and garbages and whatever, and somehow it just got lost in the ether, and it was blowing around this forest, like a bunch of people's fucking homework assignments from some fourth grade class that happened to be her class, it happened to be her exact homework that she, like, just picked up out of nowhere. Wow. So this is what I'm saying. I don't know. You're kind of gullible, though, because I'm very gullible and red, and I think people just make up stories, but that's still... That would be a really good one to make up. But then, like, the next one was, like, a guy was, like, I was so excited to see this band. I can't remember the name of the fucking band, but just say it's Fish. And it's, like, I had been obsessed with this band forever, and I bought tickets to see them, and it was in the days um, where you had to print out your ticket. You had to have a physical ticket to show up. He's, like, I printed out my ticket, left my house, Went to a bar, met up with my friends, um, couldn't find the ticket. And my friends went to the show, and I kept looking around. I went back to my house, looked for the ticket, searched that whole bar, and just finally just said, fuck it. I guess I'll just I'll go over to the venue where my friends are partying and tell them I can't go to this concert. What the fuck? And he's like, I, I'm just standing at the corner, and a piece of paper blows by, and I pick it up, and it's my ticket. <laughs> I believe it. I, you know, it's so funny because I, I have these things. I know these things have happened to me because I've had moments where oh. I'm like, holy, like looking around like, holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit. Like, hello. Holy shit. Yeah. And you're just, you just, you're like, it's almost like so inexplicable that you just like, all right, well, I'm just accepting this as reality. And I, yeah, it's, it's evidence that reality is magical, but like, what do you do with that information? You're like. Okay, cool. It's like, not only evidence that reality is magical. It's To me, it's more evidence that magic is reality. Right. That's it. We're creating it. That guy created his reality in his head where somehow he blew it and wasn't going to be able to see this concert. And then magic took over. Wow. Yeah, no, I love I love those kind of stories. Hey, if anyone has those kind of stories, maybe you could put them in the comments. Because it'll remind us because we've had hundreds of these things happen to us together. Oh, like the one time we ever found weed on the floor or like outside was like the time that we were like, just said we need weed. That's happened to me multiple times. So, you know, and and that that might just have something to do with like very specifically like we honor this plant and we need this plant. Yeah. And we happened to be down in Florida and one t- the one time we just we ran out of weed and we were just like, how the fuck did we blow this? Like, we need weed right now. We're going to see the Black Lips tonight at like a shitty punk club and 
we need to be high yeah and cut to us being like fuck we didn't find weed and we're just waiting in line to get into the show and we look down and there's a fucking bag of nugs okay can you think Boom. of any others that was magical can you think about any others off the top of your head um a lot of times it's like and this is another thing that's in that thread is like coming across a person in some weird place oh my god like our friend james fisher smith we've we've run into him in the weirdest times in the weirdest places shout out james fisher smith like in la people aren't even walking around la and we ran into him we never walk around la never and for some reason on our last day in la last time we just were like let's just walk around and we're walking around a neighborhood i didn't even know where we are i couldn't even tell you where we were we drove like a half an hour with our friend where we were to go to this just get out of the car and first person we see is james fisher no the time who lives in brooklyn yeah no crazy. didn't even know he was in la and he's just we're all of a sudden meeting up on the streets with him and it had happened in brooklyn a few months earlier it's like yeah it's it's fucking crazy it's crazy stuff like that oh man there was another oh come on you got this so many crazy ones i think i'm trying mm, no i can't yeah but there's so many of them yeah i mean uh, and i i don't know i think i know we forget them but what you have to what you have to hold on to is the feeling that gave you oh well you were with someone this weekend that their ex who doesn't even live in new york city and he doesn't even live oh in the park that you were at god yo saw you guys are all on acid and he's like that's my ex-girlfriend yeah. His ex-girlfriend happened to be in the same like, park I'm, in New York I'm City at the same time. And she insane. doesn't even live in New York she City. She doesn't live in New York City. And he does, but he lives in Brooklyn. We were hanging out at Tompkins Square Park, which is not the park anyone hangs out at. We just happened to make that our place because that's where the shows were near there. And that's where Mary lives. So we're fucking hanging out. And like, we're all on acid. And I look over and I'm, I'm talking to this dude. And I just see him like turn white as a ghost. And he's like, oh my God. And he tells our other friend like, oh fucking julie's over there and she's like and she confirms it and then another friend confirmed it because at first i was just like yo this always happens to me i take acid and i think i'm recognizing people and it's it's not true it's usually not true and he's like no it's her (laughs) most people would recognize their ex-girlfriend fuck are the chances no it's crazy isn't that nuts that homework one's crazy though and the ticket oh my god yeah i mean and stuff like that's happening all the fucking time but we put up blockages and, and like, I feel like, uh, there's been times in human history when all of that stuff is much more at our disposal and, and useful. Mm-hmm. And it's something we could use as a tool, not just like novelty, but, but a tool that you can harness and use. And probably more when we were in a matriarchal type of setup, that was the case. And then, you know, priests come in and knowledge comes in and people get scared and we fucking switch over to the patriarchy well, we based like on fear. We also want to make fear. sense of things. Yeah, but like, it's based on fear. And give it, write it down, yeah. you know, like yeah. put a structure around it. Put a structure on it, dominate and fucking show what it's all about. And I think it diminishes our magic because mm. it's like, cause be, because it's a faith-based thing. The, the, you know, it, and, like I mean, everything, it's but a faith-based It thing. happens so many times to people when, when he probably let go, like, I'm not going to this show. Like, it's not like, he's not like praying on the side of the street, like, please send me this ticket, God, you know? No, it's actually comes from the surrender. He didn't get the ticket until he surrendered. Well, that's why, like, when something weird happens in business or whatever like we can go through the period of grief but like staying in a state of like anxiety and limiting belief like it doesn't support what we're about and what we believe you know you can feel it and you can feel it and and as much as we both want to hide there in the shame and blame loop in the oh we fucked up and this is why this didn't go right and that's why that i'm I'm so guilty of this because i'm a storyteller and Mm -hmm. you know i start fucking getting paranoid and i can tell paranoid stories but it doesn't feel right. You're mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. If there was some reason we missed out on a job, we're both pretty good at saying uh, we have to grieve the version of ourselves that would have had all this money, yeah, and freedom, yeah. Uh, uh, but there's got to be a reason for this, and I'm sure overreacting isn't going to help that reveal itself. Well, when you get so upset about one thing, you totally lose gratitude for everything else. Mm-mm. It's like putting your attention on what you didn't get instead mm. of being grateful for all that you have. 
Yes. And does do you think the universe wants to reward the person who's like, but I didn't get that thing? Who's being a brat? Who's being a little bitch instead yeah. of being like, thank you for this clean air or this fresh yeah, yeah. water, or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. I think the universe loves it all, including brattiness, but it doesn't seem to help um, be in that open state of mind where you can receive the messages mm -hmm. as to why things are happening. Or or not even as to why, that you don't need to understand. You don't need to know. You don't You don't need to understand. You don't need to know. It's happening. That girl could fucking end up in a psych ward if she was trying to figure out how the fuck and what were the odds of being in random woods and coming across a fourth grade homework assignment of hers. But I do love it looking at life, like looking for those messages, being like, This world is magic. Like the other day we were on I was running and did you see there was a, a, a exploded thing of like playing cards yeah i was like paying attention to which cards were up yeah because i was like i should go back and look at like the tarot meaning associated with like the ten of diamonds or oh, whatever whoa. it is i didn't ultimately do it because i was just life moved on but i should have but i've done that before when i like come across a deck and a card is out on the road i'm like well this is a message and mm. i want to interpret it mm. you know wow. like looking for messages to be interpreted i think i think you can get lost in the sauce and I have of like tarot and reading twigs and stuff like that. Like you can't always be deciphering the messages. Mm -hmm. You also got to live the life, but it's yeah, fun to do go. both. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it, it's, it's fun to every now and then like contemplate like the absurdity of it and the, the perfection of it really. That's what yeah. it comes down to. The perfection of everything. When you have those kind of like stunning examples, there was another guy that was like, my father um, was an author, a pretty pretty big author, and um, w one of the books he published when I was a kid, he gave me he wrote a note in it and gave me a signed copy um, of one of his books that you know God knows how many are in circulation a lot though, and um, he's like a, a, an ex of mine borrowed the book and never gave it back, and twenty years went by and I wasn't about to you know my my dad died 20 years goes by i'm not about to bother an ex from my early 20s to get my copy of this back like whatever i'm just gonna order one from fucking amazon used bookstore orders one and that's the one that comes in the mail oh my fucking god you right. like that yeah it's good that's a good one that's a good one i believe that one i that's mean good. look there's a lot of people that could be like well yeah the ex took a took the book to a used bookstore and then that bookstore was putting things on ebay or then it what trains the fucking chances of it you know and to me that's one that's just like the angels are with you and and that little fourth grade uh version of yourself where the homework assignment that girl needed attention the fourth grade version of you needed attention in that moment mm -hmm. you know and the guy with the tickets swings by the only way you can look at it is it is it was his destiny to go to that <laughs> show and he needed to fucking feel what it was like so the gratitude could come up all the way yeah you know yeah, i don't I like know that. that's just that's that's the storyteller in me just wanting to no, i like it it's good kind of i don't know make sense of it a little bit but i don't care about making sense of it i think crazy magical miraculous things happen all the time. Caitlin stopped having seizures the day Aaron was born. We were on the front page of the newspaper. That's a miracle if I ever heard one. There's a picture of, Meg, of, of Caitlin and my dad and mom on the front page of the newspaper just saying, this is a miracle. The doctors don't know how to explain how someone goes from having 300 seizures a day and EEG that is just all over the place to having a clean EEG as if she had never had a seizure. Wow. On the day Aaron was born? Crazy. 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 And then she didn't have seizures for seven years. Crazy. And then they come back. And that's when you want to do the woe is me thing, mm -hmm. which I think my family's been stuck in for, uh, how long ago was that? I don't know, 23 years, 20, 25 years. Yeah. Yeah. But well, like, woe is me. You know, we're, we're victims of Caitlin's seizures as well, opposed to their, they're very much reminders I think sometimes you've said, okay, we've gotten now on a track of like praying at the altar of science and, and that has helped Caitlin find some relief, but it's also done a number on her body. And so I think she's a lab rat for, for Western medication that is like, there is, there, there's no one seeking a, a, uh, 
a cure for epilepsy. This, it, it's, it's not even talked about. It's not a serious thing, a cure for epilepsy. They're figuring out more ways to administer medication for life. Mm-hmm. That's what they're interested in. So, in fact, it prevents people from really, in a pure way, looking for the cure for this. So how can you bow at their altar? They just want, they're just using Caitlin to funnel cash into their pockets. Right. Why would I trust that? You know, and 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 that's the thing about humans and our evolution and everything. It's like, we are going to bow at the altar of something. We have that religiosity in totally. us, whether we point it towards religion or Jesus or a job or Western medicine or video games, or fucking food, whatever. We bow to the altar of something. So you got to start to look at your life and say, where am I using that, like, that uh, that inner, like, religious little guy? Like, what is he pointing his attention to? Or where what? do you give your power away? Yeah, yeah, you know, like pretty the, much. Who do you put in a position of power over you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and and lots of people do it different ways, but... I think when um, when you let go and you have faith, it's like all bets are off. Yeah. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. Yeah, and I think that's what the hypnosis journey is for you. Is it's just bringing you back to a remembrance of that. Is like that. Anything and everything is on the table. We don't have to feel limited about because of our our upbringing or our past relationships or our failures in business or our failures in art we don't have to be limited or hold ourselves to that version of ourselves you can really like a light switch pop into the magic is reality as opposed to reality is magic you can pop into it and i feel like you're doing that and you know what your psyche needed in order to get there was a permission slip oh yeah and i know how i'm working like i I can I can work with Devin because I know that I'm working with someone. Yeah, you believe in him too. Yeah, we've I've, seen his magic. Yeah, I, I, he's very good at what he does. Yeah, and I really appreciate it. And I'm at this place where I think I'm secure enough in myself where I don't worry about him taking advantage of me. You no. know, like or whatever. Like, no. I don't worry you about. You can try. That. That's his karma then. Yeah, no, I don't worry about it. Yeah, I mean, like I'm not even saying Devin in particular. I'm just saying if you were to build a relationship with a hypnotist, I could see being nervous that you'd be taken advantage of. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone's getting taken advantage of by something. This is what I'm saying. Like, we're bowing to something all the time. It's just like you just want to kind of make that as wholesome and trusting a situation as possible. Well, like a, yeah, co-creation. Yeah. We should probably wrap this up. Yeah, definitely. That was incredible. Thank you for talking to me. Thanks for talking to me. I think you have a lot to offer right now, so maybe we'll try to do uh, a follow-up very soon. Okay. In the meantime, it's the beginning of the month, and it would mean the world to us if you joined our Patreon, or if you're on our Patreon, check if your credit card got canceled or whatever. The beginning of the month, like we always lose a bunch of people, and then we we rebuild and reload. But um, Which, yeah, it's the beginning of the month, and we could really use your support, especially because we're stuck up here in Maine, keeping an eye on your mom, and we're trying to make a movie. Yeah, we're making a very cool movie, and there's a lot for you to enjoy and a lot of yeah music. And I feel like um, the cool thing about the Church of Chill is we're, we're just space facil- facilitators and holders, you know. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. fun. It's not exclusionary in any way. You know, most of the time we're just trying to be silly and make each other laugh. No, it's like a, art and music is like a, a place for devotion. To, to the mystical and the magical and yeah if you like the way we hold that space join us yeah cool fun thanks patreon.com slash church chill we're sean and cass thanks for joining us peace love and magic y'all <laughs>